What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Derek Tate. He can be found on Twitter at DerekTateNFL. Derek, I will get back to you in a second, my friend. But I am joined here by my good friend, Pat Fitzmorris. He can be found on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. His work can be found over at Fantasy Pros. Pat, I will start off with you, man. Week one. Like, we did it. Like, we we made it. We are now officially talking about week one matchups. I am juiced. I am ready. How are you doing today? Doing well, Yates. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. It's finally here. I was just telling Derek that I made my last pick in a slow draft uh, earlier this morning, and it feels like I have had at least one slow draft going since the <laughs> NFL draft ended at the end of April, early May. So, um, yeah, it's four months of slow drafting, and now we're finally here and get to see uh, the fruits of our labor. That is the definition of always drafting. Uh, Derek, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm I'm excited for this one because I saw Pat's Twitter handle, his or X handle, whatever you want to call it. His d- default image is Sir Braun of the Blackwater, so I can actually make Game of Thrones references now, and it's not <laughs> going to fall on deaf ears. So I'm a, I'm a especially excited for this episode, and of course, we're nearing the NFL season. I'm still going in a in a 16 man slow draft though. We're down to the last nitty-gritty 48 hours we got to get this done so let's do this yeah you uh you might want to get that one wrapped up here pretty quick because before you know it uh chiefs and lions will be playing on thursday night football guys every week throughout the season this tuesday episode will be a trade targets episode however it's week one right we're not necessarily talking about the trade targets just yet there's not a ton that we have to react to or anything like that so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some waiver wire stashes going into week one some players that you want to get ahead of that waiver wire rush before we do i thought this would be kind of fun best last place punishments boys what are some of the best kind of things that as people are still trying to decide should we do a last place punishment there's obviously the extremes of like you got to do a tattoo you got to pay ten thousand dollars whatever we're not we're not talking about those what are some of the best last place punishments that you guys have seen pat i'll start with you um all right well yeah since i'm an old man like i was sort of out of my 20s before the uh last place punishment became a thing so you know my friends and i were a little less into humiliating each other by the time that started to uh become a tradition in a lot of leagues but in one league um we do have a friend who grows peppers and is very good at it and i think we talked about the following year we were going to make uh whoever came in last place in the uh you know the the toilet bowl bracket would have to eat a carolina reaper pepper and um so yeah we uh we you know, luckily I was not in last place and we followed through with that. And, um, you know, luckily the, the guy had sort of an iron palate who came in last place. He took it pretty well, but, um, you know, there was some sweat on his brow to be sure. Uh, I can't do spicy foods. So that would be one hell of a motivator <laughs> to make sure that I do not finish in last place in my league. Derek, what about you? Yeah, I, I saw one online that went viral not too long ago where someone was wearing a shirt at a crowded restaurant saying I'm terrible at fantasy football. He was also accompanied at this table by an adult doll. I'll just call it that. And some family got really upset and said, what are you doing? Like bringing this in here. This is, you know, God, it was a great reaction. Unfortunately, (laughs) I can understand where the family is probably coming from, but it was still an an instant reaction that made me bust out laughing. So that's, I, but my leagues haven't been huge on, on last place, um, you know, punishments and humiliations, but I feel like, 
that should be in the cards because, you know, doing something like that where you have to do something in public is something I'm more apt to than doing like a physical challenge, like eating spicy food or getting a tattoo. I, I don't want to have to brand my body um, <laughs> if I come in last place. Uh, one that I saw that I absolutely loved here, it was done recently, was I think in Boston, there's a guy in a town square has to play the recorder and has a sign next to him that says, I have to, I lost at fantasy football. I have to play the recorder until I get $20 uh, in tips. So he's just out there just playing the recorder in the town square <laughs> and absolutely terrible, but he had to play it until he got $20. That was, I thought, I thought that was pretty innovative. All right. If you do not want to finish in last place in your league, you need to stick around here the entire year over at Pro Football Network, www.pfnfantasy.com. We have articles cranking out here already this morning. We have a buy low, sell high that already went out from Jason Katz, Derek Tate, his start sit article for week one released here this morning. You're going to want to check those out and we have a ton, a ton of content coming your way. So pfnfantasy.com. Additionally, if you want access to us, you want to ask us your fantasy football questions going into these start sit decisions, whether you should trade a player, the PFN fantasy discord, absolutely free to join. The link for that is here in your podcast description or over on YouTube as well. If you're watching over on YouTube, like subscribe, click the bell to get notified for when our new content drops. All right, fellas. Players to stash in going into week one. Obviously, that week one into week two waiver wire rush is just absolute insanity as you're trying to figure out these players that we they got a different role than we anticipated. But to be able to get ahead of it, to be able to drop one of these players that necessarily you don't think is going to be a hot waiver wire commodity, or maybe you've got an open space on your bench, whatever the case may be, who are some of the players that we should be targeting and stashing going into week one? Derek, I'm going to start it off with you. Who's a player that you're eyeing? You know, yeah, I was talking to my dad yesterday who was completing a draft and, you know, I love my dad, but he doesn't really contact me a whole lot. Um, but boy, when it's fantasy football season, that phone is blowing up like, hey, Derek, what do you think of this? Like we could talk for hours about this. And we did. And then in the last round of his 12 man draft, he was like, you know, Anthony Richardson's still there. And I'm like, wait, what? He is still there in the final round, even in a one QB league. I think that it, I understand that you, depending on who you're playing with, you know, Richardson could go in like the ninth round or something like that. But in some 10-man, 18 leagues, something like that, I think that he's got that type of QB1 upside that may hit later in the season that I want to stash away on my bench. So if you don't have bench space, make space for someone like Anthony Richardson. I understand that it's going to take a little bit. There's going to be some growing pains. He certainly showed an up-and-down type of volatility during his days at the University of Florida. But he showed us enough when it comes to his ability to be able to process and pocket manipulation, that I think he can have success as a passer in the National Football League. But of course, he gives you that high rushing floor that is among the elite as a dual threat quarterback. So if you have the space, make space for Anthony Richardson on your on your bench, because I think it will pay dividends later in the season. My early week one rankings have released over on the site, which you can find by the time that you're listening to this podcast. Anthony Richardson at QB 14 on the week for me going up against Jacksonville here in week one. So someone that is on that radar, the edge of players that you can start here. But I talked about in a write up that I did with Anthony Richardson and no Jonathan Taylor. We could see 10 plus rush attempts easily for Anthony Richardson in week one up against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. And if so, that immediately puts him into the, no matter what he does as a passer, you're talking about 180 yards passing, but when you get the 10 plus rush attempts or whatever the case may be, he's instantly going to be someone that you can start in your league right away. So if you're in these shallow leagues, I like Derek said, if you're in a deeper league, I know that Anthony Richardson most likely got drafted. But if you're in some of those shallower leagues, being able to pick him up and stash him, 
just stash him through the week and then trade him away because he's probably going to have a really, really solid or, or keep him. Whatever the case may be, Anthony Richardson there, Derek's first player to stash on the waiver wire. Pat, I'll throw this back over to you. Who is your first player to stash? It is Luke Musgrave. And this is a pretty exciting rookie tight end class. And I think Dalton Kincaid and Sam Laporta got most of the attention early on. And maybe one of the reasons Musgrave flew under the radar, even though he was a fairly early pick in the second round, the Packers took another tight end in the next round with Tucker Kraft. But Musgrave is going to be the main guy. And we saw some pretty exciting usage in the preseason. He played basically every snap that Jordan Love was on the field. Um, and he ran routes on more than 80% of his snaps, which is a big deal. It's yeah. one thing to just be on the field. Uh, but the Packers actually have a really good offensive line, so maybe they're going to require Musgrave to block a little less than some other teams do and get him more route participation, which is what we really want. Um, this guy's a crazy athletic specimen. 6'6", runs like a gazelle. Um, he is a former high school lacrosse star, a former uh, slalom skier, I mean, he's just he's got NFL bloodlines. His uncle Bill is a former NFL quarterback and assistant coach. So um, there's a lot to like here. But, uh, you know, you know, Yates, I'm a Packers fan. And I do have uh, here's a, a Game of Thrones reference for you, Derek. I have my little birds at Packers training camp uh, keeping their eyes on things for me. And, yeah, they were just they said Musgrave has just been an absolute res- revelation in training camp. They're running jet sweeps to him like <laughs> You have to be really athletic, crazy good tight end to be, uh, you know, worthy of having jet sweeps drawn up for you. Uh, we saw it with Georgia the other night with Brock Bowers scoring their first touchdown in the game. If Musgrave is running jet sweeps, that's a really good sign, I think, for, uh, you know, his rookie year. With Musgrave and Derek has obviously been on the Musgrave hype train. He's been driving it. So with with Musgrave here for week one, do you think that he's someone that you could actually potentially start here in week one, Pat? Or do you think that he is someone, hey, let's just stash him. Let's see how this goes and then potentially start him in week two, week three and so on. Yeah, I mean, I do, because after the first six, seven, eight tight right. ends, like it, it's a vast sort of tier two or tier three, whatever it is, you know, I guess Travis Kelsey probably gets his own tier, but um, so yeah, like it's from tight end eight to like tight end 20, it's pretty murky and Musgrave falls into that category and he's going to be going up against a bears defense. I don't know if they're going to have Jaquan Brisker, their best safety. I know he's questionable for this game Uh, and the bears pass defense, as you know, yeah, it's not exactly airtight last year. So I do think you could play him in week one. All right, let's move on here. Derek Tate, your second waiver wire player to stash. Yeah, I've been on this hype train for a while, too. And here's another Game of Thrones reference for you. What is dead may never die. And I will not let the hype train die for Roshan Johnson. So we're talking about the Green Bay Packers. We mentioned the Chicago Bears. Uh, I've been on the I've been banging the drum, so to say, when it comes to Roshan Johnson being a guy that I really believe is going to see an expanded role within the first month of the season. And the reason being, I really have questions about Khalil Herbert's ability to be an efficient pass catcher and a pass blocker, which Justin Fields was under duress last year, sacked 55 times. He didn't even play an entire season last year, and that was still tied for most in the NFL. Roshan Johnson enters the NFL, I think is the best pass protection block 
or a pass protector at the running back position in this class. They've raved about it for most of the offseason. They're a Bears camp. And not to mention his efficiency as a runner. I think he gives you pretty much everything that Khalil Herbert gives you as a pure runner. But he has those that pass catching skill set and pass protection um, ability that I believe gives him an edge over Khalil Herbert. Sure, it doesn't give him an edge for week one, but that's why I want to stash him. Get him on your bench, stash him away, and you'll see him probably get in on third downs to start the season, but see that role expand once you see that he gives you more, he opens up the playbook quite a bit more than Khalil Herbert does as the season progresses. If you're tuning into fantasy football, you kind of just paid attention for the last couple weeks. You may not even know the name Roshan Johnson. Like he may be someone that you're like, who is this guy? So former University of Texas running back playing behind Bijan Robinson, absolutely incredibly talented, but just didn't get the opportunity behind Bijan. And now going into this year, he's one of those guys that just kind of fell down the draft boards and kind of off of everyone's radar. And he may be there easily for you in your fantasy football league. So he definitely a player that at the running back position where you need these players, you need that depth. Roshan Johnson, absolutely a solid name to bring forth. Pat, let's throw it back over to you, your second waiver wire player to stash. Well, I'm glad Derek brought up Roshan because I think rookie running backs with not clearly defined roles are the ideal stashes in fantasy football. And I think Tyje Spears of the Titans is a pretty ideal stash. Um, he will give you no standalone value in week one, but he is probably one of the more valuable handcuff backs to have. He's playing behind Derrick Henry, an older, high-mileage back. And if anything were to happen to Derrick Henry, I mean, yeah. Spears would instantly be like a, a top 10, top 15 weekly running back play because he would have a featured role for the Titans. He quickly ascended, seized that number two role, and, uh, you know, he's going to have it. Now, long-term, I don't know about Ty J. Spears. He's got that weird medical issue where apparently he doesn't have an ACL in one of his knees. He's apparently torn both ACLs in the past. Uh, there's like some cartilage issue, but maybe he has a Jay Ajayi-like career. Uh, Jay Ajayi, people might remember him. He had similar knee issues. Did have one really spectacular yeah. season. Uh, not a long career at all, but you know, I, I think Spears, if given the chance could have a spectacular season but again you get you have to be committed to the stash here because there will be no standalone value as long as derrick henry is upright uh you just have to hope your own roster doesn't suffer too many injuries because you know admittedly spears would be a pretty easy guy to throw overboard at some point if you have to make moves and find someone who can get you points right away but man spears is a lottery ticket worth holding as long as you can there is also the potential that, and we haven't seen this historically in this offense, but Spears as a third down receiving back, like he could easily carve out that role because he does have that skill set, absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. And you, this is the, I love bringing this name forward because for the purposes of this exercise, we're talking about these players that you want to get ahead of the waiver wire rush. You want to save your fab. If you're doing fab bidding, anything like that, what would happen? What percentage of fab would Ty J Spears go for in your league if something were to happen god forbid to Derrick Henry here in week one you're spending 40 50 percent of your fab to get Ty J Spears all you have to do if you have the space right now is just add him just stash him throughout the week if he's sitting there on your waiver wire and see how the weekend progresses and he could be one of those guys too that you kind of drop and then you pick back up before the next week you know and you make your moves and you make some trades and stuff like that a really really solid name to bring forth there pat someone that i'm definitely on board stashing because of getting ahead of that waiver wire rush which is what we're talking about here in this episode 
Guys, the start of the 2023 NFL season is here, which means that we get to talk about some really cool, exciting new exclusive offers. Underdog Fantasy is now offering new customers that signed up with the promo code PFN, or you can click the link in your description, a deposit match up to $100 like they always do, plus a mystery pick'em special in the pick'em lobby to use right from the start. All you have to do is click the link in your podcast or show description, sign up, make your first deposit for access, and you will find the special player you got right there in the pick'em lobby. And guys, for week one, it's Patrick Mahomes at 0.5 total yards. I think you're going to want to take advantage of that. So sign up now with the code PFN and take advantage of this ridiculously awesome offer today. All right, let's continue it on here. Derek, your number three player to stash. Yeah, so this one feels as if it's not as flashy or the upside maybe isn't you know as crazy high as I think for someone like Roshan Johnson. But what I've seen from training camp and the usage in the preseason from rookie wide receiver Michael Wilson of the Arizona Cardinals is something that I, I'm intrigued by late in drafts or on the waiver wire, right, to be able to stash away. Because we don't really know how the target share is going to shake out because we don't know what to expect from the Arizona Cardinals passing game because we don't even know who the starting quarterback is as of this recording on Tuesday morning heading into week one. Competitive advantage, baby. Competitive advantage. (laughs) Clayton Toon, Joshua Dobbs. Who knows? We don't know if, if Kyler Murray is going to be back at some point this season, but you know there, there's an assumption that it's either going to be Marquise Hollywood Brown or Rondale Moore as you know kind of those receivers that are, we expect to see the most volume out of this passing game. Maybe if Zach Ertz gets on the field, but to me, Michael Wilson projects as a physical possession X receiver that can win in that intermediate range. Sure, he's not going to get vertical on you a lot, but for a team that I believe is still, I think, in need of a complimentary piece to Hollywood Brown, who I still think is more of a vertical threat than a high-volume guy, then I want to take a, take a stab at Michael Wilson. I really like what I saw from him at Stanford. I like what I've seen from him this preseason. I like his usage so far uh, during training camp. All those things tell me that in the you know on your waiver wire he's worth a stash in deep PPR leagues the tape was excellent for Michael Wilson at Stanford like one of the receivers that was truly able to get open at will uh on tape but injury risks pushed him a little bit further down the board in the NFL draft and he landed in a spot where that wide receiver depth chart is completely open now this offense not going to be fantastic in uh in this season but that also kind of projects for like what we've seen in years past with garbage time and the pass attempts just being absolutely ridiculous where then you have that volume so especially in a full ppr format michael wilson as a player to stash if he does take over that starting x role here in week one again we don't know how it's all going to play out but a player absolutely worth stashing pat let's throw it back to you who is the third player to stash Well, let's stick with the motif of rookie running backs with strange medical issues and go with Sean Tucker of uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Tucker, on Yahoo, he is rostered in 2% of leagues. So he is widely available. Um, He's won the number two running back role behind Rashad White, who last year, I mean, Rashad White was good as a rookie caught a lot of passes, but he was basically in a 50-50 platoon with Leonard Fournette. And so we don't know if Rashad White can really, you know, carry a a massive load. And chances are he's probably going to need another platoon partner. And it looks like Tucker could be the guy. And um, I mentioned the medical issue. Tucker is a rookie, an undrafted rookie free agent. Um, And the reason he went undrafted is believed to be – 
it was detected in pre-draft physicals that he has some sort of heart issue. But like apparently it's something he's had all his life. It's fine. You know, like the Bucks dug into it, felt he was, you know, it was totally safe to bring him in and everything. And, and now he's been terrific. No surprise there because in his last two years at Syracuse, he ran for over a thousand yards in each of right. those years and scored double digit touchdowns. So like Tucker's a, a good player. And, um, you know, there, there were worse running backs who got drafted ahead of Sean Tucker. So he's instantly going to have a role on this Buccaneers team where roles are really pretty uncertain in that running game. So um, he is an interesting flyer to take. He, he might actually have some standalone value early in the season. Um, and again, if anything happened to White, like he would be a super nice lottery ticket to have. You talk about him going undrafted in the 2023 NFL draft from a tape perspective. I had Sean Tucker as like a third round player. Like the tape was really good. Now you have some stiffness to worry about and stuff like that, but from he produced, he produced at Syracuse, like you mentioned. And I mean, Derek, did you like talk with Pat beforehand about your picks? Like Luke Musgrave, Sean Tucker. I've heard so much about these two players from Derek. I'd had no communication with Pat prior to this episode, but again, kindred spirits. I, I, Sir Braun of the Blackwater, again, mentioned as his default image on X. I, I, I feel as if we're thinking along the same lines here. I mean, Sean Tucker, to me, would have been a third-round pick if there were no medical issues. I, day two, maybe day three, right around where Roshan Johnson went. I had those guys running back four and running back five in my in my you know, preseason rookie running back rankings. So as far as what Tucker put on tape, he's got a three down skill set. And look, Rashad White has never seen more than 225 total touches during his pro or collegiate career. So there's no track record that he's going to be a a full three down bell cow back that's going to be able to hold up, not to mention his efficiency as a pure runner last year was okay at best behind the worst offensive line in the NFL last season. And it's not going to be much better this year, but Tucker's got plenty of juice and he is a capable pass catcher with a three down skill set. And I think he is going to push Rashad white. And if white continues to struggle on the ground, like he did in his rookie season, I think we're going to see a lot of Sean Tucker in 2023. So I, I love the pick. We're even seeing, you know, reports here or a conversation from the running backs coach here in Tampa Bay just this past week or the offensive coordinator. I can't remember off the top of my head, but saying like, we're going to utilize a committee. Like this is not Rashad White's backfield completely. Now he will be the lead option, but that does not mean that he is seeing 65, 70% of the work in this backfield. I think this is going to be enough work for Sean Tucker to be on the radar and definitely someone that could be, I mean, next week, Monday, when we do our waiver wire podcast, we could very easily be talking about Sean Tucker as a player that you need to go pick up because he saw 30%, 40% of the snaps here in this Tampa Bay backfield. Absolutely love the call there as well. Derek, let's throw it back over to you. I think we're going deep league on this one. Who's a player that you need to stash? I mean, we're talking really deep. We're we're talking 16 team league, not even being drafted. He's still on the waiver wire, but I think it's worth noting that the Miami Dolphins have been in an open relationship with every single one of their running backs. It's complicated as far as a running back relationship status with the likes of Raheem Mostert, Devin A. Chain, Jeff Wilson, and even Salvin Ahmed this entire preseason because they've been pretty much tied to every veteran available running back, whether it be via trade with Jonathan Taylor or with Dalvin Cook. Unfortunately, they lost the sweepstakes to the New York Jets, but they're ravaged by injury heading into the season opener. I mean, Devin A. Chain's dealing with a shoulder injury. Salvin Ahmed is dealing with a neck injury. 
and Jeff Wilson's on IR. So it's Raheem Mostert and an undrafted free agent by the name of Chris Brooks out of BYU. And he brings something to this backfield that they don't have, which is a very physical downhill runner. And when you what we saw in the preseason, I think he could really do wonders and be effective and productive in this zone-based scheme where it's one cut and get downhill. He looked super decisive during his preseason action. He even caught three passes out of the backfield, which is not something I think is a huge skill set for him, but... I truly believe that this kid's going to get a little bit of run and spell Raheem Mostert maybe in week one. And if he makes an impression in week one, do I feel as if they're just going to say, oh, well, no, you're, you're, you're back on the practice squad or something of that nature. We don't know that. So if he makes an impression in a backfield that feels a little wide open right now, Chris Brooks is someone that I'm going to stash away. And yeah, maybe I drop him, you know, and maybe he doesn't get used, but there's a physical skill set and a proven track record in this Shanahan zone scheme that running backs can come out of nowhere and be fantasy producers. So for that, he's worth a dart throw in a, in a stash on my bench. And you and you went through and talked about all of the durability question marks that are currently ongoing in that backfield and have historically, right? Uh, Raheem Mostert, not exactly the you know the beacon of, of durability or health here. So I think with there's a situation where Chris Brooks, if something were again were to happen, God forbid, to Raheem Mostert in Week One, then Chris Brooks is suddenly someone that people are going like, wait, who is this guy? Who is this guy that I need to go pick up? And if you're looking for that advantage in a 16 team league which you are then you need to be able to get ahead of that waiver wire rush pick him up here stash him through the weekend great call there pat let's throw it over to you your final player to stash let's keep it going with the rookie running backs uh it's evan hull of the indianapolis colts and this guy played in my backyard at, at northwestern university and um great pass catching skill set like that was his specialty um over 50 catches last year at Northwestern. And, um, you know, he, he's not a small back as a lot of these guys who come into the league primarily known for their pass catching skills. Um, you know, Hull's like 210 pounds and 5'10 and, and built really compactly. Um, strong guy. So we know the Indianapolis backfield is messy right now with the Jonathan Taylor situation. And we don't know if he's going to suit up for the Colts again this year. Right now, they've got Deion Jackson slated to start in week one and they've got Zach Moss uh, recovering from a broken arm. He could be back as early as week two, but I think Hull is the guy who is going to have um, like, even if Taylor does come back, Hull is going to be the passing down back because Taylor's not a three down guy. Like he wasn't even a three down guy at Wisconsin. They used to bring in Dari Agumba Wale on that. obvious passing down. So, um, you know, Hull is going to have that role for sure. But we might see the Colts be extremely run heavy this year with Anthony Richardson at quarterback. Like when Shane Steichen was the offensive coordinator two years ago with the Eagles in uh, Jalen Hurts uh, first season as a starter from week six on the Eagles ran on 56% of their offensive snaps. Like if we see that it's going to take more than one back to uh, carry that sort of a rushing load here, even with Richardson getting a lot of those carries himself. So I think Hull could have, a substantial role right away as a rookie and uh you know that pass catching skill set is appealing 
Yeah, and you mentioned Jonathan Taylor not necessarily known for his three-down skill set. In 2021, when he was, you know, the clear RB1, he was this dominant force. 332 rush attempts on the ground, but then only 51 targets through the air. And in, in just in my mind, I thought that that was more, right? I thought that he had more opportunity through the air. Now, 51 targets is nothing to sneeze at, but definitely worth mentioning because we could see... And who knows even if Jonathan Taylor does come back. So it could be a situation where Evan Hull starts to, you know, build up trust with this coaching staff and starts to potentially take over this backfield as the year progresses because guys like Deion Jackson, Zach Moss, not exactly the most talented players. Evan Hull certainly could work his way up the depth chart there. All right, fellas, that is it for waiver wire players to stash going into week one. A great conversation here with a ton of different names that you should consider stashing here. Pat, thank you so much for taking some time out to join the show here. What do you have going on that people need to know about and where can they find and follow you on social media? Thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you and Derek. Um, yeah, so people can go to fantasypros.com. Lots of good stuff, rankings, articles, um, you know, all that, uh, a ton of great tools. People can find me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF and be sure to check out the Fantasy Pros podcast, which, you know, I'll be on at least a couple of times a week. Derek, we are officially into week one, my friend. How excited are you to watch that Thursday night matchup? Oh, I, I'm already trying to build out DFS lineups. I'm trying to pump the brakes on it because I'm, you know, I'm trying to budget out, make sure that I don't overspend on my budget just on the Thursday night slate. <laughs> so I'm, I'm juiced up and we have so much going on over at, you know, pro football network and, and our start sit analyzer, uh, or optimizer, excuse me, trade analyzer. So many tools that I've been using on a regular basis, please check it out. It's free. And if you have a last second draft, we have a free fantasy football draft kit. Do that too. 100%. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much again. Make sure to go over to pfnfantasy.com. Like Derek mentioned, we've got a ton of different things there that you can find. And of course, content coming out every single day here as we move into the start of the NFL season. For Pat Fitzmorris and Derek Tate, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time.